Welcome back to another Wine About episode. I am Gabriella, your host for today and the content creator behind the Wine About Instagram page. Today, this is a podcast episode for people who love wine and are curious enough to explore wines made from unfamiliar grapes or little known regions. I'm going to be running you through three alternatives to Chablis. I want to give a special thank you to this week's sponsor. It is Wine Maps. And thank you so much for sponsoring this podcast and also being a part of my new journey. And I hope you guys really check it out. So they are on Instagram under Wine Maps. And I'll just briefly explain to you what it is. Um, It's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool feature. And I can see this platform growing and developing and helping all of us wine lovers out when we do want to travel. So it's a global tourism website and mobile app, and it does allow you to find unique places with the ability to search wineries near and far with interactive maps. Depending on what kind of experience you're after, you can filter wineries and you can filter them by wedding spots, if they offer free tastings, pet friendly if you're traveling around with your dogs, kid friendly, which is really great. I would love that option. Organic, biodynamic, if they offer tours and so many more other options. You can even select a wine route that fits your trip save it and then share your favorite spots and invite others to join your wine tour. And this would really make um, girls weekends away or group wine tours so much easier with that ability to share the itinerary and map everything out on these maps. I think it's fantastic. So go to the website, go check out the Instagram page, Wine Maps. Let me give you a brief introduction to Chablis, just in case you're not familiar with the wine. So Chablis is a wine made from France's Burgundy region, named after the town in which it comes from, and it can only be white wine. So Chablis is always going to be white, and it's always going to be made 100% entirely from the variety Chardonnay. Yes, it is Chardonnay. I know a lot of people will come into the store when I work there and they would say how much they hated Chablis, but they're referring to those heavy oak styles. Um, and then they would proceed to pick up a Chablis, not realizing that it's made from Chardonnay. So it is Chardonnay, but do not expect those flavors of butter or oak spice. Chablis will rarely ever display this. The wines are citrus focused with aromas of white florals, kind of green apple, pears, mineral, and a bit of a saline edge. It's quite light in body, so it's quite the opposite of how people expect a Chardonnay to taste. And a key feature to Chablis um, that makes it quite distinct when I am um, blind tasting, it tends to have a really sharp acidity line. It's got sharp acid and it can almost feel quite steely on the palate. So here is the golden question. Why have I selected Chablis? Well, Chablis is one of France's most famous and recognizable wines. You see Chablis in every wine store, almost on every French wine list and a lot of other restaurant wine lists. And on average, there's over 30 million bottles of Chablis sold each year and 65% of those are exported. Sales of Chablis bring in like a ridiculous amount of money. I'm talking over $270 million in revenue. So by all these figures, I'm guessing that if people out there are going to be familiar with the style of wine and know about it, it's got to be Chablis. And if you aren't into wine, but you frequent wine stores or restaurants, it's likely that you know about Chablis too. I wanted to offer alternatives to Chablis for a couple reasons. The first being so 
you can expand your palate and explore new varieties and new wine regions. And the second is some of um, my recommendations today are going to be more affordable options. Chablis in Australia starts around, that's probably Petit Chablis as well, uh, which is the lowest of the AOC's entry-level Chablis. Um, it's going to be around $30 and some of the wines I'm recommending you could find for around the $20 mark. So 30% cheaper. So quite a bit more affordable. And I've selected the wines today based off style, not variety. So I haven't gone out and chosen Chardonnay from other regions around the world, but have selected wines that I think give a similar experience Um a lot of my selection has come from that really nice, high, refreshing acidity, maybe some citrus aromas, uh, and the wines that I've chosen have uh, a mineral or steely or s- like saline sense to them that you typically will get in Chablis. Also, the wines I've selected are also going to pair pretty much with the same food that you are planning on pairing a Chablis with. So think fresh seafood, oysters, prawns, all that kind of stuff. So first things first, let's head to Greece. Let's leave Chablis in France, get out of there. And I really tried hard actually in this episode to pick non-French wines. So out of the three alternative wines, one is a Frenchie, okay? Just one though. So the grape variety is Assertico. And the Greek region to look out for when trying to find an Assertico wine is Santorini. Santorini, that beautiful Greek island that you see all over your Instagram feed during European summer. I see it all the time. I've been meaning to go, but I haven't been able to get there just yet. And Assertico is one of Greece's most iconic native grape varieties. And Santorini is a really special place. It's essentially a volcanic desert. And the soil type here is something that you won't see anywhere else. So the volcanic nature of the soil here and the very, very low clay content in Santorini's soil means that the island is essentially immune to phylloxera. Lucky them because phylloxera is a vineyard pest that killed thousands and thousands of thousands across the world, across many, many wine regions. And this means that the rootstocks here in Santorini have never been grafted. And the wines that we buy today, some have been made from the same vines that have grown here for hundreds and hundreds of years. The uniqueness of Santorini's Assertico vineyards don't stop at soil. You should Google how the vines are trained, like literally Google now, get to your phone, type in Santorini Assetico vines. The vines are, they look like baskets. So they are weaved into a shape that kind of looks like a bird nest. And that really helps to protect the grapes from both the wind and the sun here. Uh, And why am I telling you to drink Assetico? Let's get to the point. So they are typically unoaked and bone dry. The wines are crisp, quite minerally and steely with pronounced acidity all the things you'd find in Chablis. But when it comes to the flavor profile, it gets a little bit different. You do have citrus, um, a bit of florals like jasmine, and then you can have examples that give you a bit more riper fruit like peach and passion fruit. If you wanted to taste an Assertico that's not from its hometown in um, Santorini, but an Aussie example from Australia, there actually is a little bit, just a little. So look out for the producer, Jim Barry. Um, so the winemaker, Peter Barry, actually took vine cuttings from Santorini back to Australia in 2008. So a little over a decade ago now. And he planted the vines in South Australia's Clare Valley. That's a region famous for Riesling. 
Uh, he's even trained some of the acertical vines using the basket we've approached, just like in Santorini. It's pretty decent, and I think that's going to set you back around $30. So there's the true example where it's, you know, it's spiritual home, Acertico from Santorini, or if you do want to support the local wine industry, check out Jim Barry's Acertico from Clare Valley. Okay, for wine number two, the second alternative to Chablis, we're heading back to France, the homeland of Chablis, but we are heading south, all the way down to the hot and dry Languedoc-Roussillon region. This wine appellation uh, is quite an oddity here as it's entirely dedicated to making white wine only. Have you guessed it yet? Languedoc-Roussillon, known for crisp white wines from this particular AOC. So the appellation is Picpo de Pinet. Some people pronounce it with the T, some people don't. I'm just going to roll with the T. Picpul is the ancient grape variety. So Picpul is the variety and Pinet is the village where the vineyards are. And the name Picpul actually means lip stinger. And it's called lip stinger because the acid is so high and zippy. It's an ideal wine if you're in the mood for a crisp and minimal mineral white to pair with seafood or just simply to have it by itself And this wine is definitely going to be more affordable than a Chablis. You can get really, really good pick pools for under $20. Um, I've even noticed they do have a couple options at your Dan Murphy's. So the region experiences the perfect climate for grape growing. Like you have reliable sun down here in the Languedoc-Roussillon to ripen grapes, but then you also have these nice, cool, strong winds that help to preserve the acidity. The wines are pale lemon in colour and are typically best enjoyed in their youth. So these are not wines that you want to sell it. You want to drink them whilst they're young, within a few years of release. A Picapool Zupinet is going to be a wine you buy and probably consume that night or that week. Uh, so along with refreshing acidity, you can expect flavours of green apples, white blossom, lemons, and a quite saline and mineral aspect as well to the wine. If you are looking to support an Aussie producer, if you're from Australia and do prefer supporting the local industry, you're in luck because I know of one winery in New South Wales, Cowra, making a great pick pool. And it really does give off those petty Chablis vibes. I had it the other day, picked it up for $20 from Dan Murphy's. And this um, was probably the wine that was responsible for me thinking about creating this podcast podcast episode. So an oyster farmer actually brought the vines into Australia after visiting France and just finding out how perfectly it pairs with oysters. The producer is called Borrowed Cuttings and $20 at Dan Murphy is worth seeking out if you are Australian. Next stop, wine number three, the third alternative to Chablis. Let's head to Spain. And this particular Spanish wine wasn't really known outside of its origins until fairly recently. The wine is from Spain's Basque country. So think San Sebastian, another beautiful place to holiday in Europe. Why are all these beautiful crisp whites just coming from the most attractive areas in Europe? I mean, I would love to be drinking Assetico and Santorini and Picpul down in the Languedoc. And this wine, Chacolina, uh, if you try and guess how the spelling is, you probably won't. I'm going to put that one in the show notes. It's T-X-A-K-O-L-I-N-A, Chacolina. Geta Iaco Chacolina is the Spanish designation area which restricts where the grapes can be grown and where the wine is made. 
The grapes are grown along the coast and they are protected from spring frost and summer heat. Many of the region's vineyards are grown within viewing distance of the Bay of Biscay. So salty, cool breezes are blowing off the Atlantic Ocean and they kind of act as natural ventilation, which helps to prevent disease in this humid, wet climate. The main variety that goes into Chacolina is pretty obscure, and I bet most of you haven't heard of it before. It's Hondurabi Zuri, and it's a white variety, and it's still quite a mystery today, and many scientists have still not agreed on the grape's identity. Even in Jancis Robinson's book about grapes, they've linked it to three different varieties, so it's still a bit of a mystery. And I selected Chacolina as my Chablis alternative because this wine has tangy, sharp acidity, and it's quite mineral. Uh, But it's also different to Chablis in a few ways. It's going to be lower in alcohol, usually sitting around 12.5-11%, and can sometimes have a slight spritz. Um, It's not going to be fizzy, but there's a little bit of effervescence to it. So it's got a nice tingle on the palate. It's a really good aperitif style, or again, with fresh seafood, just like you would with Chablis, chuck in Chacolina. Just because there isn't many made and production is pretty small when it comes to Chacolina and there aren't many producers imported, you're going to be paying around $30, but you'd be paying $30 for entry-level Chablis and here it's $30 for really good Chacolina. So give it a go. So they are my three alternative wines to drinking Chablis. If you want to expand your palate, explore new wines, maybe bring them to a dinner party and share them with friends and teach them a thing or two, that could be pretty cool. I find these wines um, from lesser known regions are a great way to bring people together and a nice little conversation starter and might help to break the ice if you're going over to someone's house um, that you're not super familiar with or maybe you're going to drinks with work buddies that you're not not super close with. Anyway, guys, thanks for sticking around and listening. Leave me a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. It really helps out. And also go give Wine Maps a follow and thanks to them for making this podcast episode possible. Bye, guys.